we, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Well, greetings, friends and fellow citizens, and welcome to this week's edition of the We the People Convention, news and opinion radio show and podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski, and I'm the host of this show, and uh, this show is paid for by the donors to the We the People Convention at wethepeopleconvention.org, and their generosity has made it possible for us to buy the airtime on our five-station radio network, uh, which airs this radio show every Saturday morning throughout Ohio. Uh, it also pays for our podcasts, which you can hear uh, you know, on any device, on your phone, on your computer, on your iPad, on your, uh, on your TV, uh, and on your radio uh, by going to wethepeopleconvention.org and clicking on the little yellow button that talks about the podcast and the, and the radio program. It'll list all the stations that you can hear this uh, show on on Saturday mornings, and then it'll give you uh, other ways to access the show, be that on uh, Roku TV, or Amazon Fire TV, on YouTube, on iTunes. Any way you want to get it, you can get it. But however you're getting it, we're really glad that you're here with us today. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for telling others about it. Uh, as you know, the regular listeners and as the people who are new to the show today are going to find out that this show is dedicated to protecting and defending our individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity, and to protecting our Constitution and our American way of life. And uh, you will hear news and opinions on this show that I guarantee you, you will not hear anywhere else. And that's why people tune into this show, so that they know the truth about what's going on in our country. And one of the things you'll find in our show is that we're not just talk, we're about action. We don't just tell you things or get you all riled up and upset. We tell you what we're going to do about it. And we take action, as you will see in our show today, that we take plenty of action and our action pays dividends. So welcome to everybody and let's get right into it. The, the first thing I want to start with is that uh, we, you know, I've been beating up on you guys to register people to vote, right? Because, you know, one of the most important things that we've got to do this election is we've got to get people to go to voteohio.gov in Ohio so that they can register to vote right on their phone, right on their computer. You don't even have to send in a paper form anymore. It's so easy. You just go voteohio.gov. But I was talking to the Frank LaRose's uh, office this week to get some updates, and I'm really happy to, to announce that in in the last you know six months or so, we've registered about three hundred fifty thousand people. That's really good. And uh, I, now we can't tell which percentage of those are Republican or Democrat because when you register, you don't have to indicate that, right? But uh, we think that a lot of them are our people because you've been working hard to do that. And I want to thank all of you who've been doing, you know, been asking your fellow citizens: Are you registered to vote? And if not, you just pull out your phone and go to voteohio.gov and sign them up, okay? 
That's the first step. So we're really happy about that. The second thing I've been really beating you guys up about is uh, signing up to be poll workers. And I and we were very successful in getting Frank LaRose, the Secretary of State of Ohio, to put together the first in the nation uh, poll worker dashboard. So if you go to the Secretary of State's website uh, and, and you search on elections and you'll see a poll watchers link and there'll be a dashboard and you can search on your county and this dashboard will tell you how many poll workers your county needs, how many it wants, how many it has and how many it still needs to get. And I'm really excited to report to you that uh, the total for the state is that they've uh, recruited 44,044 poll workers, and they're hoping to have 55,000 by election day. So we've got like three or four more weeks here to get people to sign up, and you got to keep doing that. But I'm really excited because we're getting really close. Now, if you go to the the dashboard, you will find uh, that your county might have everybody they need. But other counties are lacking. Now, you cannot travel across county lines. You can only be a poll worker in the county in which you're registered to vote. But you will see that you know there are places that we need poll workers, and I, I want you to help recruit people to do that. You do get paid for the training and for working on Election Day. And with 28 days of voting, in-person voting, before Election Day, anybody that's working the polls can vert, vote in person at the Board of Elections before Election Day and then work Election Day. This is key for those of us who want to vote in person. You can't vote in person if nobody's there to work the polls. So that's what I'm asking you to do, and you've been doing it. So congratulations to all of you guys who are doing that. I need you to recruit some more people. I need you to go to the Secretary of State's website and look for the uh, poll workers dashboard and check out your county and then start you know, meeting that goal and watch it, you know, the totals come down because it's, it's you know, just a matter of weeks now before the election. And as we said, you know, this is... This is a process that we've never been involved with, but I was talking with a friend today about the fact that, you know, this whole idea of you recruiting, registering people to vote, recruiting people to register, and recruiting people to work the polls, it reinforces the fact that we run our government, that, that we run our elections, not some strangers, not some power brokers. We're the ones, we the people do this. And that's a really important part of our civic duty. And I really thank all of you who are doing your civic duty. But that's not to say that we're not going to have hiccups. And we had a giant hiccup this week because the Cuyahoga County Board of Elections, where Cleveland is, mistakenly sent out an email telling the people who were trying to volunteer to work that they didn't need any more poll workers. The Cuyahoga County Board of Elections mistakenly emailed an unknown number of potential poll workers, erroneously stating that no open poll worker positions are currently available. The incorrect email may have been sent to hundreds, if not a thousand potential poll workers, according to Board Director Anthony Perlotti, who told a plain dealer in Cleveland.com that he wished I had never sent out that email. It was a mistake. So if you're in Cuyahoga County, understand they still need workers. They're, they're getting there, but they still need workers. So, you know, call up, say, I want to, you know, uh, I want to work in the polls. They'll send you an email and you can do that. Now, as you guys know, we've been talking about uh, working with the NRA and I've been telling you that we've been killing it and you have been killing it. And, and I just, I just want to thank all of you 
I just want to thank everyone who's doing the texting or the door knocking with the NRA. And if you are listening and you want to do this, you just send a text message. You get your phone, open your text application, and type the letters P2P for peer-to-peer. The letter P, the number two, the letter P to 703-708-4664. That's P2P to 703-708-4664. Or you can send D2D, door-to-door, to to 703-708-4664, and that will sign you up. Now, I talked to the NRA this week. And they're thrilled with what we're doing. And those of you guys who are doing it, you see that we're working states all over this country. We are the Navy SEALs of the NRA. And they are using us. They took me at my word when I said the Ohio Tea Party volunteers would outwork anywhere in this, anybody in this country. Well, I can guarantee you we are in spades. But they've got a big project they told me about this week that we're going to have to get geared up for. So I need more volunteers. And I'm asking you guys who are listening to the show, watching this podcast, to text P2P to 703-708-4664 right now and volunteer. And you'll get a text message back asking for more information. And you get training and you will love what we're doing. Um, I want to make sure that everybody is still uh, you know, doing the Trump train road rallies. Uh, you know, we, We've just had a lot of success with that. And, it, and the way to do that is go to freeohionow.com, freeohionow.com, and uh, you just uh, can see your counties to see what Trump train road rallies are, are going on, or boat regattas, or sine waves, okay, freeohionow.com. But most importantly, like I said last week, make sure you put your stuff on there when you're going to have a sine wave. You don't have to be some big group leader. I don't care if you got five people that are going to do a sine wave on a busy road. Go to freeohionow.com and and just submit it. Say, our county, this date, this time, this place, here's my contact information because that will bring people to you that you can't even imagine. And folks, this has just turned out so great. I mean, there was a a rally, a road rally in Stark County last week that had a 1,000 vehicles. There's going to be a big one in Cleveland that's going to try to mimic what they did in Cincinnati where they had 20,000 vehicles circling Cincinnati a couple weeks ago. In Cleveland this week from 10 to 2, they're doing one that goes up around Cleveland on I-480 and 271 and 90. You guys are just fantastic. And you know what's best about this? You're doing it on your own. You're just Americans who are fighting for the president and trying to influence people and get votes. It's just awesome. And, and the same thing is happening with, uh, you know, our, our, our billboards, the Trump barn billboard program. Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine we would have so many great locations and we're closing in on a hundred billboards. Now I'm out of money. I can't do many more. So we're kind of limited now to people who can do really big 20 by 40 billboards next to interstates. If you got a building next to an interstate, We'll find the money. But otherwise, we just can't keep doing it because we're just, we're just out of money. But the whole poor purpose of this thing, right, is to get people to vote for President Trump and vote down ticket for all Republicans. Because the Democratic Party, as you'll see again in today's show, doesn't exist. It's been taken over by the communists and it's owned by the Chinese. As I showed you last week about, uh, you know, Joe Biden's son, about Kamala Harris's husband works for the Chinese, that, you know, that they're paying the BLM demonstrators to burn down our cities. So you can't vote for any Democrat. They're the communist party. 
There, if you vote for any Democrat, you're voting to destroy the United States as you know it. Don't be a commie. Don't vote for any Democrat. Vote down ticket for all Republicans. That's what I'm asking you to do, and it's important. Now, I know a lot of you guys, we're talking about the election, we're talking about working the Board of Elections, we're talking about registering people to vote, and you all want to make sure your vote counts. And I think we're all pretty confident that President Trump is going to win this election in a landslide. What we're concerned about is cheating, right? That's what we're concerned about. Well, I got a report today from Jim Jordan and a bunch of senators who did a report about uh, you know, the fact that the Democrats are actually going out of their way to sow uncertainty and to try to screw up the election. And they called, you know, for the uh, an investigation into this. And I think that's going to help fix some things. But I also told you that the Trump campaign is working, you know, in court to stop some of this even before the election. And last week I told you about the Pennsylvania Supreme Court made three horrible rulings about, you know, ballots that don't have postmarks and stuff on it. And that, that would really aid Joe Biden. Well, the Republicans have taken uh, Pennsylvania to the, to the Supreme Court. Republicans will ask the Supreme Court to review a ruling out of Pennsylvania that extends the due date for mail-in ballots for the coming presidential election. This will be the first political test of the Supreme Court following the passing of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg last Friday. The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania ruled last week against the Republican Party position on the issue, which could result in the electoral votes for the Keystone State going to Democratic nominee Joe Biden, uh, with Trump only winning Pennsylvania by 44,000 votes last time. You know, that's they are concerned. And again, I was concerned about the fact that they were willing to accept. The Supreme Court said that you could extend the deadline to Friday after the election, but that they had to accept ballots that didn't even have postmarks on them as legitimate. And that's wrong. And I hope the Supreme Court will rule against that. This will be interesting because this is post-Bader Ginsburg, and it should be 5-3 if Roberts, Roberts is at all a conservative. But here's another story that's really interesting that came up, show you how nuts this is. Democrats rush in Pennsylvania to limit naked mail-in ballots on November 3rd after court rejects them. Democrats have launched a 30-second ad to show Pennsylvania voters how to use the correct envelope for mail-in ballots uh, because a recent Pennsylvania court ruling has said it's going to invalidate any ballot that doesn't come in the right envelope. And so they're saying uh, that the 30-second the ad uh, fo follows the Supreme Court ruling last week, and, it's, and it is projected to invalidate as many as 100,000 so-called naked ballots. So that's interesting. The court's saying you got to put them in the right envelope. And here's the last story before we take a break about election madness. You've all heard about Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg, the failed Democratic presidential nominee, who's a, is worth $55 billion, said that he would pay, he started a fund to pay for felons, okay, to raise money to to, to, to pay for felons that have fines so that they can vote and attempt to boost Joe Biden. And so the Attorney General of Florida, Ashley Moody, reportedly sent a letter to the FBI and the Florida Department of Law Enforcement requesting a criminal investigation into a recent report that failed Democratic presidential candidate Michael Bloomberg has raised more than $16 million to help convicted felons pay off their debts in an attempt to boost Democrat nominee Joe Biden in the state. 
The letter said that Moody's office had rebused Bloomberg's pledge and referred the matter to the Florida Department of Law Enforcement and the FBI for criminal investigation. And so in his in his statement that that Bloomberg made, an advisor to Bloomberg told the Washington Post that one of the reasons that Bloomberg wanted to do this was because, quote, it immediately activates tens of thousands of voters who are predisposed to vote for Joe Biden. It's illegal. You can't give a financial inducement for people to vote. And that's what Bloomberg did. And LeBron James and a bunch of stupid movie stars also contributed to this fund. And they may be in serious trouble with the law. So we're fighting all fronts. We're winning. And I need you to, you know, I need you to register people to vote. I need you to volunteer to work at the polls. I need you to, you know, volunteer to do the texting with the NRA because that's how we're winning and we're going to keep winning. We just got to keep it going now for another 40 some days. So we're going to take a, a quick break. You're listening to the We The People Convention News and Opinion Radio Show and Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. Buckeye Firearms Association is Ohio's number one gun rights organization, protecting the rights of Ohio's 4 million gun owners. And you can get our weekly gun rights newsletter free. Receive breaking news and urgent alerts on gun laws. Stay up to date on self-defense and shooting sports. Discover pro-gun activities and events near you. Get your free gun rights newsletter now at bfanews.org. That's bfanews.org. bfanews.org. The Buckeye Institute was founded in 1989 and we're the longest serving free market think tank in the state of Ohio. My goal is removing barriers to prosperity that have been put in place by government. We want for Ohio to be the freest and most prosperous state in the country. The Buckeye Institute is a source of common sense ideas that will have an impact on the nation as well as the state of Ohio. All right, now we continue with our show and the the elephant in the room, and it happened just after last week's show. Uh, So if you don't get my emails or text messages, please go to wethepeopleconvention.org. Give me your email and your your phone number. And again, I need your phone number because they're blocking most of our emails. And so I send you texts with links to the emails. But after they, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed, I sent a very important le- uh, email press release out, and I want to read that to you at the, right now. Um, Tom Zawasowski, president of the Tea Party affiliate We the People Convention, offered condolences this evening to the family and friends of the deceased Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg and a warning to the Republican Party. And then I proceeded to say that, you know, we, you know, we give our condolences to the family of, of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the people that really loved her. But then I said, Zawistowski continued, God and fate have dealt this hand to the American people and our elected officials at this most crucial time, uh, crucial moment in American history. And like it or not, that hand must now be played out. Let me and our thousands of members and conservative Republicans across America make this reality crystal clear to every Republican senator. The president will nominate a strict constitutionalist and true social conservative to the Supreme Court, and the Republican-controlled Senate will vote to approve the nominee before the election. Or you will lose your Republican base support on November 3rd and lose your elections and control the Senate. 
We, the American people, will not be played, again, by your worthless pre-election promises to do what the people want and need you to do, only to have you make excuses and renege after the election when the people cannot hold you accountable. You are all going to have to prove that you will keep your promises after the election by voting to give us what you have promised for decades before the election. Okay, so that's what I said, and I meant it, and I drew a line in the sand, and I said, you know, we need to, you know, we need to do this, and and I did that that first day, and it got picked up in national newspapers because it was a strong statement that I think reflects what you believe and what we believe. No messing around. This person needs to fill Ginsburg's seat before the election, and here's why. Listen to what Charlie Kirk has to say. About. I definitely love the entire list the president has put out. But, Steve, I want to reinforce the point I made earlier, which is when Democrats are promising that we will not know the winner on election night, when Hillary Clinton has said to Joe Biden, do not concede, quote, under any circumstances. And now that we know we are going to have a record amount of mail-in ballots, if you remember all the way back to 2000, it was bedlam. Uh, It was chaos. And this was just one state for 40 days that was contested. And it went all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court in a very narrow decision. I think it would be very dangerous. In fact, I would advise against it completely if the Senate Republicans did not fill the if the Senate in general did not fill this seat, because with this unpredictable year that we have lived through, Steve, talking about a multiple of mail in ballots that will be going through, this will be tied up in the courts. Oh, Joe yes. Biden has 600 people that are lawyers yeah. on his payroll ready to sue this election. The Supreme Court is the third branch of government that should be able to make clarity of this assuredly contested election. I, Steve, believe you should fill the seat before the election. So I agree. They need to fill the seat before the election because it could be a contested election and you do not want the possibility of a tie. That's an important reason. And so there were there there was a lot of media this week about there can be no grand bargain bargain over the Supreme Court seat. Republicans better realize that and deliver. And so we you know we were putting pressure on from the beginning and the pressure worked and I think the polling worked. Here's what Ted Cruz had to say vote away from losing our fundamental protections on free speech, religious liberty, the right to worship according mm-hmm. to our faith, according to our conscience. We're one vote away from losing it. And, and right after right after right, it comes down to the court and, and the president is going to make the nomination this week. And I believe we will have the votes in the Senate to confirm this justice and critically to confirm the justice before election. Yeah, explain. So there's Ted Cruz. And Lindsey Graham said the same thing. And then the big surprise this week was when uh, Mitt Romney came out and said he would vote before the election. The polling must show that this helps the Republicans immensely. And so there's a couple other dynamics to this that I think are important. Um, I personally think that the Democrats uh, lost their right to have any kind of hearings by what they did illegally and immorally uh, and despicably with uh, court, uh, with Gorsuch and with uh, Kavanaugh. They, they don't deserve the right. And, and most people don't understand. There was no hearings. That was just done, uh, added years ago as a way for people to get, you know, sound bites for their campaigns. The, you know, we, there, are, there are Supreme Court judges who are literally confirmed in the day they were nominated. 
Okay, so we don't have to give them anything. So I would prefer that the Republicans before the election, like 10 days before the election, just say we're having hearings one day and we're voting today and it's done. There are Republicans who think that the Democrats are going to go so over the top and make such fools of themselves and help us win more seats by being so disgusting that no one wants to touch them that they want to have hearings. I'm not sure I'm with that, but I will tell you what I am with. I really believe that nothing will, will suppress the vote for Biden than naming this nominee a week before the election because the supporters of Biden, whose life is Roe v. Wade, will believe that they've lost and that there's no reason to vote. And that's reason for us to nominate and do this. And the president is going to do this on Saturday, as I understand it. And I, I'm just going to tell you flat out, he's going to nominate Amy Coney Barrett. And I, I'm just, he has to, because I got to tell you, you got to look up this person. She is a superstar. She is unbelievable. Uh, Amy represents an opportunity to showcase a, gener a generationally brilliant special intellect who also is a mom, says O. Carter Sneed, Barrett's longtime faculty colleague at the Notre Dame Law School, where Barrett also received her law degree. Her rare combination of hyperintelligence and humility is a matter of bipartisan consensus. She is the smartest person in the room and also the most humble, was how Sneed and two other sources intimately familiar with Barrett described her. Harvard Law School professor Noah Feldman, a liberal who testified before Congress in favor of impeaching the president, hailed her as a truly brilliant lawyer in a 2018 column. Feldman should know he and Barrett were members of the same class of Supreme Court clerks in 1998. She was one of the, most, the two best lawyers of the 40 clerks and arguably the single best, Feldman concluded. She was legally prepared enough to go on the court 20 years ago, and she's only 43 now, folks. She is a superstar, a legal superstar. She is recognized as an expert on how judges are supposed to interpret statutes. A critical role, as demonstrated by Justice Neil Gorsuch's bizarre recent reading of gender identity into a civil rights statute enacted in the 1960s. She has also thought deeply about the relationship among the branches of government, a gnarly and seriously important area of law. The, to these achievements, Barrett marries a vibrant Christian faith. For the evangelicals and Catholics, the president needs to turn out in November. Her pro-life bona fides are on display, and not just her activities and statements, but also her own family. She is a mother of seven, including one biological child with intellectual disabilities and two adopted from Haiti. This woman is a superstar. The other reason you don't need a lot of hearings, she was just confirmed like a year ago by the Senate to the Seventh Circuit District Court, okay? And uh, the Senate voted 55 to 43 to confirm Amy Barrett to the Seventh District Court of Appeals. And three Democrats crossed party lines to vote for Barrett. Indiana Senator Joe Donnelly, Virginia Senator Tim Kaine, and West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin. Now, this was a situation where Dianne Feinstein and Dick Bourbon tried to say that her faith is too deep. That she, you know, that she's dangerous because of her faith. I got news for you. The Constitution of the United States says there will, shall be no religious test to hold office, including judge and Supreme Court. And if you are a Christian or a Catholic, you should bring your faith to the job. That is what guides you in this garbage that the left likes to say about, you know, you have to be a secularist. That's wrong. 
We are guided by our Judeo-Christian moral values, and she better be. And Trump's going to, he's going to name him, her, name her to the Supreme Court, and she's going to get confirmed before the election. So that's really awesome. I want to cover a couple of things that happened here in Ohio before we get uh, to the next break and wrap up the radio show. Some of you guys saw this, but I want to play it for you. The Governor DeWine and Lieutenant Governor Houston and the Republican Party are so just disconnected from their base. They are so clueless about what's going on that Lieutenant Governor John Houston actually went to the Trump rally in Toledo, or maybe it was in Dayton, and brought masks. And listen what happened to him when he talked about masks in front of this Trump crowd. But if you go into a grocery store where you got to wear one, all right, hang on, hang on, just listen up. Just listen up. All right, I get it. But if somebody tells you to, t- to take it off, you can at least say that you're trying to save the country by wearing one of President Donald Trump's masks, all right? All right. So he's roundly booed because he has no clue how much we hate these masks. This is the guy uh, who told hundreds of thousands of Ohio business owners he would shut off your electricity and water if you didn't comply with his and DeWine's orders to shut down your business. He's also the guy who runs the pathetic Ohio unemployment system that could not process the unemployment checks for the over 1 million uh, people Houston and DeWine put out of work. Many people did not get an unemployment check for three months because of John Houston, and he's so brain dead, he doesn't get it. He said in the video, I get it, he doesn't get it, and neither does DeWine. Here's what happened when President Trump mentioned DeWine at the rally. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine. Where's Mike? Where's Mike? Where's Mike? that on? He's opening up. He's opening You should have seen the look. If you're watching the podcast, you can see the look on President Trump's face. He was just stunned. And it's the fault of uh, Bob Paduchik, who's uh, Trump's, uh, you know, who, who Trump trusts, who you know, didn't tell Trump that he shouldn't mention DeWine, he shouldn't mention Houston, he shouldn't be seen with them because it hurts his Trump base. And, and it's all because of this ridiculous masking stuff. And, and the proof is in the pudding. Uh, there said uh, DeWine was asked about this, and he says, look, we're, we're making tough decisions. We understand this is a tough time. Uh, DeWine Republican said after he was asked about his Thursday uh, coronavirus briefing, why some of the crowd booed him when Vice President Trump mentions his name. We have some people who are unemployed, he said. We have people who don't want to wear masks and a lot of different, different things. We have some people who are unemployed. How about 509,863, Governor? That's not some people. That's half a million people who still don't have a job because of your it's just ridiculous actions, your ignorant actions, your complete blowing this coronavirus out of proportion and just being a tyrant. Uh, but so here's the deal. Uh, DeWine took off since January 2019, and he's enjoyed a positive approval rating, but those numbers have been boosted by strong support from Democrats. But a recent 50-state survey from Northeastern University, Harvard University, Rutgers University, and Northwestern University showed DeWine's popularity falling from 81% 
to 58%. DeWine has, um, you know, basically just lost the trust of the people, and I think that's even going down further. And, and a good reason for that, and I'm, I'm not going to play this. This is a video that came out this week. There's too much foul language. But there was a woman at a football game this week who was not only arrested for not wearing a mask, she was tased. A, a rent-a-cop security guard literally put a taser on this woman because she didn't have a mask in a football stadium that didn't have a couple hundred people in it. There's no law. She broke no law. They have no right to arrest her. She's going to be a wealthy woman. That police officer and that police department and the school are going to be sued. And this is what DeWine has done. You push people too far and things start to get out of control. And so before we wrap up the radio show, I want to just go over this survey from Rasmussen who said, which of the following best describes your feelings about wearing a mask? 15% said, I don't wear a mask unless I absolutely have to. 14% 14% said, I generally wear a mask in public, mostly to avoid offending others. 34% said, I wear a mask in public, but take it off as soon as I get to a socially distanced space like the table at a restaurant. 9% say, I wear a mask at all times around other people, even in private settings like my own home. Can you believe that? 28% said, I wear a mask at all times around other people, and I'm offended by people who don't wear masks. Well, you would be offended by me because I don't wear masks because masks don't work. There's no science to prove masks works. And hey, Governor DeWine, if masks and social distancing work, how come we keep having more cases? Right? If masks works, why do you need social distancing? You don't. If you're wearing a mask and I'm not, what's your problem? It's fear. And we need to stop being afraid and we need to stand up and start doing what's right for our families and for our state and for our businesses and get back to work. And that's what President Trump's doing. So I'm going to wrap up the radio show right now. I thank everybody that's listening on the radio, but the podcast goes on for like another 30 minutes. So if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, you can watch the rest of the podcast. And there's lots more of really important stories that you're going to like to see. So thank you for joining us this week on the radio. We'll be back again next week. You're listening to the We the People Convention and my name, uh, news and opinion podcast and radio show. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We the People Convention news and opinion radio program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. All right, thanks for sticking with us for the rest of the show, for the podcast. There's lots of big stories that we need to cover, and and we're going to cover them. Obviously, one of the big stories is the riots in, uh, in Louisville, right? And, you know, two police officers were shot, Fortunately, they, they are not seriously injured. One was already re, re, uh, released from the hospital. But folks, let's just make it very clear. This is a fake riot. There's nothing real here at all. There's nothing real here. And, and so, uh, you know, the, the media was, was taken to task, and so was Black Lives Matter and Antifa, because nothing, zero, that they said about the Brianna, uh, what's her name, uh, Brianna Taylor you know, case, was right. It wasn't a no-knock warrant. It wasn't. She didn't just get shot in her bed. Her boyfriend had been a drug dealer. 
the uh, person with her fired on the police before, you know, when they came in and they fired back. They, they basically charged one offer, one officer who did not shoot her because he discharged his weapon like 10 times into like the neighbor's apartment and risked their lives. But this, there's nothing to see here. This has nothing to do with racism. They didn't go after Brianna Taylor because of her color of her skin. They went after him because they were, there was a drug dealer that they were trying to get. But they still burned the city, right? We're still going to burn the city. So there was pictures that you probably saw of a U-Haul tra- a truck, a nice-sized U-Haul truck that pulled up and started to unload uh, signs, shields, clubs, you know, materials for rioters. And the question is, who paid for the truck? Who paid for the truck? Even Tucker Carlson was talking about that on his show because that's what we've got to do. We've got to find the funders. And I understand today, and maybe more will come out, that this had to do with George Soros' group that was funding these prosecutors and the bail for rioters. So there's going to be prosecutions there, and there needs to be. And the House Republicans urged the FBI uh, to investigate the funding behind these riots this week in a letter that they wrote to Christopher Ray, who I think is part of the cover-up, and, and, is, and I'll talk more about that in our show. A number of House Republicans are urging the FBI to investigate who has been funding the recent riots across the country and bringing, bring federal charges against those who they say are aiding and abetting criminal activity. The Department of Justice and FBI leadership is needed to bring justice to those who have been funding these criminal organizations and to give justice to the communities who have been devastated by these individuals and organizations read the letter by to FBI Director Christopher Ray, signed by Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona and two dozen other Republicans. My, many c- cities across our country have been rocked by rioters associated with Antifa and other organizations, the letter says. These individuals seem to be using cowardly efforts to commandeer otherwise peaceful protests, uh, and these actions constitute domestic terrorism, and federal charges must be brought against those who are aiding and abetting the criminal actions of these organizations. Well, then I came across an interesting story that talked about federal agencies have tapped the phones of protesters in Portland to see who they're talking to. Very interesting story in the nation and that they've been looking at travel records and all that stuff. Well, what's interesting in this story is that this is being done by a little-known division of the Department of Homeland Security and the U.S. Marshal Service. The FBI is being left out of this because I think Trump and, and Barr know that you can't trust the FBI under Christopher Wray, that they are part of the coup criminal cover-up and that they're not doing their job. And that you could see that last week, I think it was, when Wray testified in front of Congress and said, the biggest threat to America are white nationalists, not Antifa or BLM that are actually burning down cities, but these mythical white nationalists who might be 20 people in the whole country, right? Christopher Ray, the FBI director, said they're the biggest threat. He's a liar, and I hope that he sees jail time because he's such a threat to our nation. He really is. And so it was interesting to see that story about them tapping the phones and starting to build the syndicate. And A.G. Barr has said that they're going to use RICO and they're going to use the sedition clause to basically you know, stop this by arresting the funders, and they have to, and I hope it's before the election. What they have done 
<coughs> excuse me, is that DOJ has charged more uh, 300 people, uh, more than 300 people, charged with crimes committed under the guise of peaceful demonstrations since late May. The Justice Department announced this Thursday charges against more than 300 people who allegedly committed crimes uh, were arrested in 29 states and are accused of federal crimes ranging from attempted murder, assault on a law enforcement officer, damaging federal property, and arson, the Department of Justice said Thursday. Of the more than 300 people arrested, roughly 80 were charged with crimes involving arson and other and the use of explosives, while 35 were charged in connection with assaults against law enforcement officers. So, you know, it's really important that, you know, Trump had said, and I talked to you last week, I reported that Trump, uh, not Trump, that Barr had said that he wants his prosecutors to charge people with sedition. And I think that's outstanding. That's absolutely outstanding. I, and this kind of dovetails with a story, and I want to give our friend Chris Long from the Ohio Christian Alliance kudos, because he stayed on this story. Finally, just this week, the Franklin County prosecutor in Columbus, Ohio, Ron O'Brien, has charged 20 individuals with felony indictments for the, the damage they did to our state house, to the Ohio State House back in uh, the May 28th riots. But what's interesting, and I sent out an email about this, and if you got the email, you can click on a link and actually see what Chris had gotten, which was the call records, the 911 call records of people reporting what was going on uh, the night of those riots. These people weren't just going to spray graffiti on our state house. That's our state house, the people's house, right? In downtown Columbus, they weren't just going to spray paint graffiti. They weren't just going to break the windows. They actually planned to burn it down. And these people are going to be charged with felonies. And I think that's awesome. And my hat's off to Chris Long because nobody cared enough to stay on this. And he did. And now he's seen results. Good job, Chris Long. Proud of you, my friend. Proud of you. Then we had this come out this week. The DOJ has announced a list of cities in response to a presidential memorandum to review federal funding where ongoing violent protests and riots had destroyed property and even resulted in deaths. The DOJ said on Monday that Seattle, Portland, and New York City are on a list for review after President Donald Trump said cities that are permitting anarchy, violence, and destruction of American cities should not receive federal funding. Well, that's pretty interesting. And A.G. Barr went on to say, when state and local leaders impede their own law enforcement officers, and, and, and agencies from doing their jobs. It endangers innocent citizens who deserve to be protected, including those who are trying to be peace, to peacefully assemble and protest. We cannot allow federal tax dollars to be wasted when the safety of our citizenry hangs in the balance. It is my hope that the cities identified by the DOJ today will reverse course and become serious about performing the basic functions of government and start protecting their own cities. The list of cities eligible for defunding will be updated periodically, the Fed said. It is not clear yet what funds are likely to be cut, but the amount of money siphoned from New York City could be massive, given that the Big Apple gets about $7 billion in annual federal aid. Yeah, that's interesting. Let's see if we can stop that. Now, before we take our next break, I got to get back on the, the trail with the threat of China. Last week, man, I hit you right between the eyes. 
China has committed biological warfare on us. They're trying to interfere with our election. They're paying for BLM. They've taken over the Democratic Party. This week, Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, went around to local uh, cities and states to tell them that the Chinese, that, that uh, Xi, the, the leader of China, has, was actually quoted. I heard audio of him talking about how local uh, cities and states were the weak point in America and that Chinese could go to them and try to get to undermine our government, to undermine our federal government. And, and according to Pompeo, um, you know, he raised uh, questions about these people coming to places like Wisconsin and and making you know offers to bring businesses there and to and to do political favors in exchange for like the legislature uh, you know passing a resolution saying that the Communist Party did not mislead the world about the coronavirus. They literally asked them to do that. Unfortunately, Wisconsin legislature said they wouldn't. But he said, according to Pompeo, Ting's attempt to push Chinese propaganda on state legislatures is not isolated. He cited an example such as New York Police Department officer who has close familiar ties to the Chinese Communist Party was arrested last week on charges of acting as an illegal agent of China and feeding sensitive information back to this Communist Party, the Chinese Communist Party. Isn't that interesting as an example? They arrest him. He's a New York City police officer. So guess what shows up later this week? Right? Guess what shows up in, in the Facebook social media? OAC or AOC, right? The, 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 the mouthpiece of the Democratic Party. Here's a picture on the podcast of her. So Representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was pictured celebrating Tibetan New Year next to Bamaji Anwang, a New York police officer recently arrested for serving as an illegal agent of the Chinese Communist providing. Party providing the government with intelligence on ethnic Tibetans. The photo posted on Ocasio Cortez's Instagram shows the congresswoman, congresswoman in between the alleged spy and a woman with a child. Ang Guang is wearing his New York Police Department uniform. Again, the top Democrats all have direct connection to the Chinese Communist Party. It's just a fact. How much more evidence do I need to give you? Right. That's what we're fighting. You can't vote for any Democrat because there are no Democrats. They're only communists. Don't vote for any Democrat. Don't be a commie. We're going to take another break and we'll be back for a final section. We're, uh, you're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Show and Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. This is Jordan Sekulow with the American Center for Law and Justice. At the ACLJ, we are committed to fighting the deep state and protecting freedom, the right to life, religious liberty, and fighting for the Constitution. The ACLJ has experienced tremendous success in litigating cases at all levels of the judiciary, from the federal district court level to the Supreme Court of the United States. We have offices in Washington, D.C., Jerusalem, and all around the world. You can find out more about the ACLJ and join us by visiting aclj.org. Did you know that the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio is the largest statewide life group in the state? Are you tired of the compromised approach to pro-life legislation that has been the status quo for far too long? Since 2017, the efforts of the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio has changed that approach, closing loopholes and making pro-life laws enforceable. Visit rtlaohio.org or call 440-668-4049 for details. All right, and we're back for our final segment. Thank you for sticking with us. Got some big stories to close with here, so I think it'll be worth your time. So 
I just kind of tell you, you know, and I, and I have talked to you about earlier in the previous podcast that, you know, we had written this present after Tucker Carlson had a guest on his show that talked about the critical race theory indoctrination going on with federal employees and in the military. We wrote a letter to the president saying, not only do we support this effort to cancel that, but we also wanted him to stop doing the indoctrination in schools with the 1619 Project and the BLM curriculum and to stop it with businesses. And as you know, I was stunned after he did the first thing, but this week he, ended, week up doing, he ended up doing all of them. It's absolutely unbelievable. The, you know, the, we hit the trifecta. The We the People Convention hit the trifecta. And so I wrote a little press release to, to, to celebrate the fact that the president has acted on this such an important thing. Uh, the press release was uh, on Wednesday, September 23rd. President acts on WPC's September 2nd letter to end leftist indoctrination of employees. Tom Zawistowski, president of the Tea Party affiliated We the People Convention, was thankful to see that President Trump acted Tuesday to fulfill the third request in his organization's September 2nd, 2020 letter, urging the president to ban not only critical race theory training for federal employees in the military and 1619 Project BLM indoctrination by schools and school districts, but also to stop giving government contracts to businesses that were forcing leftist indoctrination on employees like those at Goodyear. Remember the story at Goodyear? With this executive order on Tuesday, the president fulfilled these three requests. Zawistowski said nothing among all the incredible things President Trump has done for America in his first term is more important than the actions he has taken this month to end the despicable leftist indoctrination of our children, our government employees, our military men and women, and the employees in our institutions and businesses. No president in history has had the courage to stand up to the leftist deep state media, Democratic Socialist Party, teachers union, globalists, academia, and mobs and defend our constitution and our nation's proud history. No person, no country can achieve anything positive when they are constantly bullied by cancerous negative self-talk about who we are and what we believe. This president knows and all real Americans know that we are the greatest nation in the history of the world. With these actions and the launching of his new 1776 project, the president is ending the teaching of the lies of the left and creating the opportunity for all Americans to learn and understand the actual history of our nation so that they can be proud of our country and of each other's contribution to that proud history. This is no small thing, folks. You can see the story on our website at wethepeopleconvention.org. And basically, you know, it lists what he's doing. If you are a government contractor like Goodyear, I'm sure they have many government contracts for tires. You cannot subject your employees to this anti-American indoctrination. This is the beginning of the end of the left, ladies and gentlemen. And we are going to move next to get the Department of Education, the depend, uh, the, the you know the, uh, op, the Department of Budget and Operations, to give us a whistleblower hotline, so that our people can report companies that they work for, can report schools that they our kids are attending that are doing this indoctrination, that federal employees can blow the whistle 
and stop this in its tracks. Folks, once we do this, we are on the way to driving the communists out of our nation once and for all. And we must do that. That is the task. After we elect President Trunch, we win the House and the Senate. We are going to drive every communist, socialist, and Marxist out of our country. As I've said many times before, right? If you are, if, if, for, if you are someone who says you're a communist, a Marxist, or a socialist, you must either be deported or convicted of sedition, for you are not an American. You are an enemy of our nation. I believe that with my whole heart. As I said in my press release, you can't have negative self-talk. You can't have the news media and websites and these people in your schools, your teachers, the diversity people in your college, the oh, the um, you know the the uh, personnel people in your company telling you that you're racist because you're white, that America's terrible, that America was founded on slavery, that we're that you know it's unfair, it's unjust. That we're that you know that we are the people who are persecuting fellow Americans when we're not doing any such thing. It's just like the riots. It's all a lie. There is no systemic racism, and blacks are not prosecuted. They are not hunted, LeBron James. You fool. They're not hunted. It's a lie. You've been sold a lie, like all of communism. And if you believe the lie, you will die by the lie. But we're not going to die. We're going to live, and we're going to make our nation great. And I'm just so excited about all of this because President Trump is doing the right thing. And so we're fighting back. Here's another example of us fighting back. If I can click on the right story here. Um, Kroger Supermarkets, which are in southern Ohio, but this is in Arkansas. Kroger Company sued by the uh, U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission for religious discrimination. The Kroger Company, doing business as Kroger Store Number 625 in Conway, Arkansas, violated federal law when it fired two employees who asked for a religious accommodation to avoid wearing an emblem they believed contradicted their religious beliefs. And so the EEOC uh, filed a lawsuit. According to the suit, Conway Kroger's implemented a new dress code, which included an apron depicting a rainbow-colored hearts emblem on the bib. Of the apron, the women who believe the emblem endorsed LBGTQ values and that wearing it would violate their religious beliefs. According to the EOC, one woman offered to wear the apron with the emblem covered, another offered to wear a different apron without the emblem. But the company made no attempt to accommodate their request. When the women still refused to wear the apron with the emblem visible, the Kroger retaliated against them by disciplining them and ultimately discharging them. Such alleged conduct violates Title VIII, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. The EEOC filed suit in U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Arkansas, and after first attempting to reach pre-litigation settlement through its conciliatory process, they sued them. Kroger's going to lose that one. That's how we fight back. That's how Christians stand up for what they believe in. That's how you don't get bullied. That's what we're doing. Here's more people fighting back. This is a great story. Petitioners say it has... 500,000 signatures collected to strip Whitmer, governor of Michigan, of emergency powers. In an effort to challenge a Michigan law that grants the governor emergency powers has reportedly surpassed his signature goal. The Unlock Michigan initiative needed 340,000 valid resident signatures to put the effort to repeal the Emergency Powers of Governor Act before the legislature. On Wednesday morning, September 23rd, the group Stand Up Michigan announced that it collected 500,000 signatures. We did it, said Ron Armstrong, a spokesperson for the group, during a Facebook Live video. 
Unbelievably, nobody, nobody believed we could do it, and it's done. Armstrong said the signature petitions will be delivered to the state next week. From there, the state will review the petitions for duplicate and invalid signatures, and then they must, the legislature must address the question. Way to fight back, Michigan. Way to stand up. We don't take no for an answer. We may not always have the answer right away, but we're going to find the answer eventually, and we're going to defend our liberty. Great job. Here's another great story I thought. Betsy DeVos calls Princeton's bluff. If you really are racist, no more federal funding for you. Get this story. This is really cool. Early this month, Princeton President Christopher Eisengruber went through the woke anti-racist rite of confession. He published a letter confessing the ongoing racism at his university under his leadership. Such confessions serve to prop up the ridiculous claim that any racial disparity are ipso facto proof of institutional racism. Claims that Eisengruber are less a confession of actual fact and more a rhetorical weapon to push Marxist critical race theory. Yet the Department of Education decided to call Princeton's bluff. According to a letter obtained by the Washington Examiner, the Department of Education launched an investigation into the Ivy League University. Princeton, like other schools that receive federal funding, pledges to abide by certain federal laws in order to receive federal funding. Since Eisenberg became president in 2013, Princeton has received more than $75 million in federal Title IV taxpayer funds, and the school has re- repeatedly represented and warranted to the U.S. Department of Education its compliance with Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, the letter reads. The title provides no person in the United States shall, on the grounds of race, color, or national origin, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subject to discrimination under any program or activity receiving federal assistance. So, based on his admitted racism in his letter, the U.S. Department of Education is basically investigating the money that Princeton received, and therefore is, it is opening an investigation and may end up removing funds from the university and demanding Princeton pay back taxpayer for funds it should not have received. Based on the facts, the Secretary of Education may consider measures against Princeton for false program participation agreement, non-discrimination assurances, including an action to recover funds. I love it. Make them pay, Betsy DeVos. Make the libs pay. These stupid, woke jerks who don't know up from down. This guy's the president of a university, and he believes critical race theory, and he believes that, that they're systemically racist. Yeah, they're systemically stupid. Here's the last story for the show. It's an important story. Long overdue, a year-long Senate investigation concluded Wednesday that Hunter Biden's effort to cash in on foreign business deals during his father's vice presidency raised alarms among U.S. government officials who perceived an ethical conflict of interest and flanked concerns about possible criminal activity ranging from bribery to sex trafficking. The long-awaited joint report by the GOP-led Senate um, uh, Homeland and Government Affairs Committee delivered several blockbuster revelations less than two months before Election Day, suggesting the Obama administration's officials ignored clear warnings, signs about ethical conflicts and possible extortion risks involving Joe Biden's family. Perhaps the most explosive revelation was that the U.S. Treasury Department flagged payments collected overseas by Hunter Biden and business partner Devin Archer for possible illicit activities. The so-called suspicious activity report flagged millions of dollars in transactions from the Ukrainian gas company, 
Burisma Holdings, a Russian oligarch named Yelena Batrina, and Chinese businessmen with ties to Beijing's communist government, the report said. Senate investigators have yet to determine if the FBI or others investigated the concerns. The Treasury records acquired by the chairman show potential criminal activity relating to transactions among and between Hunter Biden, his family, and his associates with Ukraine, Russia, Kazakh, and Chinese nationals. The 87-page report uh, disclosed, confirming an earlier report and just the news. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson, who leads the committee, said this report raises serious questions that former Vice President Biden needs to answer. There are simply too many potential conflicts of interest, too many potential conflicts of interest, counterintelligence, and extortion threats to ignore. The report also showed that the Obama administration knew this was going on and did not investigate it. And so there could be more fun to come with Joe Biden. I wonder if Donald Trump will confront him with that on the stage next Tuesday in Cleveland in the debate, if there is a debate. What's Joe Biden going to say? And here's the story for you guys. This is how sad this is. You know this stuff. We've been knowing about Burisma. We know about you know Hunter Biden for a year, a year and a half, right? If President Trump brings that up in the debate against Joe Biden, 50% of the people watching it will never have heard it before. Because CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS have covered it all up. Their, their presidential nominee, just like Hillary Clinton, is really guilty of very serious crimes, federal crimes, and they don't even know it. And by the way, I also read something today that was very interesting, and that is that one of the reasons it's taken so long for Durham is that he took over from Huber. Remember Huber, the guy in Utah that uh, uh, Jeff Sessions appointed instead of appointing a special prosecutor to look into the Clinton Foundation, and he did absolutely nothing? Well, it appears he's another never-Trumper. He's another deep state actor. And so John Durham took over the investigation of the Clinton Foundation, and it's going to be part of his action. So that's not dead either. If we elect President Trump, when we elect President Trump, when we re-elect President Trump, when we win the House and the Senate, ladies and gentlemen, all of this is going to get prosecuted. These people are guilty as sin. And until there is equal justice under the law, we are not a nation at all. And that's what we're fighting for. That's what you're fighting for. And I can't thank you enough because I, I just wish I could express to you, you are doing it. The, the, the Tea Party people in this state you are killing it. You are winning not just Ohio, and Trump is going to win Ohio by more than we won last time. You are winning in all these other states. When there's a landslide victory, and when we take back the House, it's going to be because of the Ohio Tea Party Liberty Group members who volunteer with the NRA to take on the left anywhere in the country we had to. God love you people. I love you people. You just, I just wish I could share with you all that I know, but I think you know in your heart that you're doing the right thing or you wouldn't be doing it. So thank you for all the people doing Trump trains, for all the people doing boat regattas, for all the people doing sign waves, for all the people volunteering to do doors with the NRA, for all the people, you know, uh, doing the, the texting with the NRA, for the people who put these giant signs on their billboards, on their barns. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you. And we're going to save our country because of what you've done. So I'm going to wrap up the show. As always, 
Tell other people about this podcast. Last week, I put out a special email, and it got a lot more people to watch the podcast. You, I, I don't do this for my health. It's, it's hard to do this, but it's easier because you guys send me stories that I can use. So send those to info at wethepeopleconvention.org, but tell others about it. Share the podcast. It's so important. It's so important. And then we'll be back again next week because you're listening to the We The People Convention News and Opinion Radio Show and Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. Have a great week. You'll be getting emails and things. Be sure to sign up if you're not getting emails and texts at wethepeopleconvention.org. See you next week.